0: The Daily Nebraskan's, the Daily Nebraskan Entertainment Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kyle Cruz, enjoyed by my co-hosts.
1: Uh, my hello, my name is David Berman. Um, I am the uh, COVID section uh, co-editor at the Daily Nebraskan. Um, I used to be in the culture section, doing some lead center reviews and various other culturey things. But uh, for the past uh, few months, been uh, Turning out some good COVID-19 related coverage on about UNL's campus so make sure to
0: check that out as well as
2: um I'm Mia Everding I am just a co-host of this show I'm a grad student so I don't do much else
0: <laughs> and yeah as I mentioned I'm Kyle Cruz I mainly just host this podcast write movie reviews for the DN and do a couple other random things here and there um, also want to acknowledge off the top that we're recording remotely again this week, so apologize for the, the lack of audio quality compared to our usual episodes. Uh, as you might be able to tell from my voice, I'm a sick boy, so we're just kind of playing it safe. And so, yeah, it'll probably be a shorter episode, but we'll just jump right into it with our first segment, which is What Have I Done? What have I done? done? What have I done? What have I done? What have I What have I done? What have done, what have done, what have done? And what have I done to the segment where we just talk about what we've been up to this week, what movies or TV we've been watching, and whether or not we'd recommend it. So as usual, David, let's start with you. What have you been up to?
1: Yeah, so uh, this week, uh, a few days ago, um, my roommate had to watch, uh, he's in a sci-fi films class here um, at UNL. uh, And for that class, he had to watch the original RoboCop. Um, So I watched that with him. Um, And I really enjoyed it. Like it's like, you know, it's not, it's not incredible. It's not like a mind-blowingly great movie. Um, But it was, it's really solid. Um, I think it aged a lot better than I thought it was going to. Um, I kind of thought it would be cheesy and just bad effects and bad dialogue and stuff like that. And kind of not live up to hype that it kind of has around it um because i think it's kind of regarded as as a as a sci-fi action classic um but i yeah i mean there definitely are parts of it that are dated um but i think overall it holds up pretty well um i really like kind of like the universe that it that it makes for itself um and the uh uh the suit for RoboCop's really cool um and the effects are surprisingly good for like 1987 um there is some weird kind of stop motiony stuff with like the big robot that he has to fight um, but everything else is really good like the makeup's really really great um especially like once he becomes the the, the RoboCop um, and has to have a RoboCop head on um but yeah it's it, it was really solid um i think the character of uh, of Robocop and I, I forgot. Oh, um, his name is Murphy. Like the, the cop's name is Murphy before he um, has a has a uh, an, an accident and is pretty much killed, and then is kind of brought back as a cyborg man. Um, I think that character is not super fleshed out, or at least as as much as I would want him to be, because they're kind of trying to make you sympathize with him. Um, but I didn't really get that as much as I wanted. But yeah, it's it, it's really solid. Um, the act, the action's fun, and the villain is the dad from that '70s show, so I think that that is pretty funny. So,
0: so just upon a quick Google, because uh, I thought I remembered like some news about like another RoboCop movie in the works, and there is another RoboCop coming. It's called RoboCop Returns, and I guess it's a direct sequel to the original um and it's been in development for a few years and has gone through a couple different directors but do you are you at all interested in seeing like a modern day direct sequel to the original robocop not really
1: um i know that there were two or three sequels after the original that are very bad apparently um and one of them didn't even have peter weller who is uh, who plays robocop um and there, also, there was a reboot like six or seven years ago with Joel Kinnaman, I think, that I think is a, supposed to be okay. Um, but I guess a direct sequel to the original, I think could work. It kind of, it doesn't really wrap up his story in, in any particular way. It kind of like he, like, meet, like, he defeats the bad guy and the movie is just like immediately over. Like it doesn't really like set up anything for the future. He just like kicks the bad guy out of a window and says a line, and then it's just, like, RoboCop. And that's the movie. Um, but, yeah, I mean, have they said, is Peter Weller going to be in it? Is he alive? I don't even know.
0: I am not sure, actually. I will, I'm, I'm reading through the Wikipedia page to see if there's okay. any.
1: Because, yeah, I feel like it would be weird to have, like,
0: RoboCop, but he's old. <laughs> you know, so... Yeah, I'm not seeing anything about him coming back, but I think I remember people like discussing that when this was announced. Uh, so I guess we'll find out. Um, Maybe he is mentoring to... a younger RoboCop or something. Like Maybe that. Maybe he's mentoring Joel Kinnaman. Uh, that would
1: be wild.
0: <laughs> yeah, it looks like at one point, Neil Blomkamp was on board to direct it, but then he just left like at the end of last year. And now someone named Abe Forsyth is directing, who I've never heard of. Um, And he's done a bunch of movies that I've never heard of as well. So, yeah. Cool. Moving on from there, uh, Mia, what have you been up to this week?
2: Yeah, um, I have been getting into the animated series called Over the Garden Wall. Um, It's from 2014. I had started it a couple years ago Um, because a friend had recommended it and it was on netflix and it's like a series of 10 episodes and they're like 11 to 15 minutes long like really short um goes by super quickly um and for some reason when i started it the first time i never finished it um and i i think it's on hulu or it's on it's on hbo max um and i recently got that from my brother-in-law and so i was looking up like what is on here and that showed up and i remembered really liking it the first time i don't know why i didn't finish it so i i don't remember i think i've just finished like episode seven maybe um it's this really cute just whimsical story about these two half brothers who are in this like kind of magical forest and they're trying to find their way home um it's very much so like it it feels like it's just like a storybook like the animation style is is unique i would say and i use that word uh lightly because i think it's overused but it's a very very specific animation style super cute um and elijah wood voices the older brother who's like i would guess like 15 maybe in his teens or so and so it's really funny just hearing elijah wood's voice like in this little animated boy so I highly recommend it um I can't really say that much because each episode like is it's all obviously interconnected but each episode is like it has its own specific plot line um it's just super weird but I watched the latest episode um while I was camping this past weekend so I was like in a forest watching a show about an enchanted forest and it was it was magical, but then there was a scary beast in the episode that I was watching, and that wasn't fun. But it's revived, and I'm looking forward to like the last three episodes that I have. So I would definitely recommend it. It's super cute.
0: You said that was on HBO Max.
2: Yep. Yeah.
0: Nice. Uh, do you know where it like original? Is it like an HBO Max original, or did it start somewhere else, or? No. It
2: um it was it's not an hbo original it was um made for a cartoon network according to its wikipedia page so yeah and it only i didn't mention it but it only has one um season 10 episodes so it was it was a mini series which is too bad but i think that makes it more special so
0: yeah it kind of sounds like something cartoon network would do they they like to make weird oddball animated shows so um yeah yeah Moving on from there, uh, I want to talk a little bit about Mandalorian season two. So the first episode of Mandalorian season two premiered on Friday, uh, and then they're going to be premiering episodes weekly up through like mid-December, I think. And yeah, going into this episode, I had decent expectations. I really enjoyed the first season, but I hadn't been like blown away by any of the trailers for the second season. And while watching this episode, I enjoyed it. But like after I finished it, like looking back on the episode, I think it was a really strong episode. I think it really it did a really good job at like just setting the tone for the season as a whole it captured the same kind of western style like atmosphere that the first season had um and it's very much like the first episode is very much uh just like a self-contained story um it's just mando doing doing his thing on tattooing and like hunting a weird dragon or something um and one thing i was concerned about going into this season is that they started shooting this season after the first season had finished airing. So like they had gotten feedback specifically about baby Yoda. So I was a little worried that they were just going to kind of shift focus and just like have a lot more baby Yoda, just because that's what people like. Um, and thankfully that wasn't the case. Uh, like there were still plenty of like good baby Yoda moments in the show, but it wasn't like a baby Yoda show. The, the focus was very much still on the Mandalorian and that whole just like atmosphere that they're creating with a little bit of, cute Yoda thrown in there. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, without spoiling anything, I think the last shot of the of the episode gets me very excited for the rest of the season. And yeah, I know you've watched this as well, David. What, is, what did you think of it?
1: Yeah, I thought it was really solid. I think it's, yeah, it fit the tone of, of the first season really well. Um, I think it was a little bit more of a self-contained story than I thought it was going to be. I kind of thought we would kind of get more hints as to where exactly the season is going and kind of what what Mando's doing. Um, but we got a little hint of that, like you said, like in the last shot. Um, and uh, yeah, without spoiling it, it was like a fairly big reveal um, that I kind of just saw coming. Well, first of all, because I'd been spoiled that like there was a big reveal at the end of the episode. So I was kind of looking for it. And also there are like very specific hints of like this character being around. And then it's like, he is around and he is back. Um, so, but yeah, I I think I'm, I'm excited to see what they're going to keep doing. I think thinking about what we saw in the trailers, a lot, like a decent amount of it was stuff that was in that first episode. Like there definitely was stuff in the, um, that will be in subsequent episodes that they had shown in other trailers. But I think- yeah, that the trailers that we had seen kind of showed a lot of the first episode and not really what is going to happen. So I'm, I'm, I'm very excited for what we're going to be seeing in the future.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, I think, yeah, as you mentioned, the trailers showed a lot from the first episode, but not much from the rest of the season. And so I think there's going to be a lot of really exciting stuff for the rest of the season that they just don't want to spoil. Like we know characters like Ahsoka Tano and Bo-Katan are going to be in the series. Um, I kind of would guess that they'll only be in like one or two episodes, I don't think they'll be like main characters, um, but exciting nonetheless, and yeah, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about Mandalorian again before the end of the semester, just because again, it's coming out week to week, so yeah, very excited. Uh, from there, we'll just jump into our movie news for the week, um, and probably because of the election, but also maybe because of Halloween as well, there's like not a lot of movie news this week, we have like three stories here to talk about, um, One of them might be considered a spoiler. So we'll do that one at the end. Um, So first of all, we'll just start with some comic book stuff. uh, And we'll start with uh, The Suicide Squad, directed by James Gunn. Uh, Has pretty much been confirmed to be rated R. Um, There was uh, an article in, I believe it was Empire earlier this week. That was kind of just like a first look at the movie. They had like fancy covers for the movie pulled up, uh, like done up uh it looked pretty it looked pretty fun and then in there they just kind of casually mentioned that it's going to be like a hard r rated movie um so yeah we've kind of anticipated this because i think it was joel Kinneman that said it was likely go- going to be rated r um but now we've got that confirmation i guess so that's exciting you guys have anything to add here
1: not really i i think we had talked about this a little bit um like a few weeks ago about how we kind of wanted uh, to see this happen and i think you know, I'm, I'm definitely glad that uh, that it will be R um, just because I think that gives James Gunn a lot of kind of leeway to, uh, you know, make it really over the top and just make it a lot of fun and, and not have like a PG-13 reins on it. And um, we've already seen with Guardians of the Galaxy that he can kind of not not really like push the boundaries of like the content necessarily, but like make like a really fun, colorful and like really memorable movie that is still like generally family friendly. But I think like once you kind of like, yeah, take the training wheels off, um, I think it could be, yeah, a lot of fun, so.
0: Sweet. Uh, Moving on from there, uh, we want to briefly mention that we got the news that Patrick Wilson is going to be making his directorial debut with the fifth Insidious movie. Um, I don't have a lot to say about this. It kind of touches upon Same thing we talked about last week with uh, right? Uh, I said Ryan Kugler with uh, Michael B. Jordan directing Creed 3. Um, I think I'm a little bit more okay with Patrick Wilson doing Insidious Five just because Insidious Five is probably not going to be like a big budget movie. I don't think any of the Insidious movies have been, and so and it's a franchise that Patrick Wilson has starred in, so it's something he's familiar with. James Wan, who he's good friends with and has worked with often, is still producing. So I think this will be interesting. It definitely has me more interested to see an Insidious 5 than I otherwise would have been, which I think is positive. And yeah, that's about all I've got on this one. Do you guys have any thoughts?
1: Not really. Um, I have not seen any of the Insidious movies, and I kind of just had, I thought there were only like two. So uh, I was kind of surprised that there have been four at, the, at this point. Um, but yeah, I uh, i like Patrick Wilson. I, I've seen him in his other um horror movie franchise recently with with The Conjuring, and he's, he's really great in that. So yeah, this sounds
0: good. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess moving on from there, uh, we also want to briefly talk about uh, the trailer for, I believe it's called Stardust, uh, the new David Bowie movie. It's coming out, trailer dropped last week, kind of like not, like it dropped last week, but like nobody talked about it. It was kind of easy to miss um and so we watched the trailer and i think it's kind of easy to understand why nobody was talking about it because like i love david bowie i think a david bowie movie could be great but this movie just kind of looks looks okay there's nothing really about it that's like screaming that it's something you need to see i think the cast looks fine kind of just looks like a a b-level david bowie movie that's just trying to profit off of his name i guess um maybe it's going to be as good as like a Rocket Man or a Bohemian Rhapsody or something. I definitely think that's what they're trying to do, um, but I don't know if it's quite going to get there. Uh, just hasn't, I don't know, trailer didn't wow me, but again, I love David Bowie. Um, so I'm, I have high hopes, but we'll, we'll find out, I guess. What do you guys think?
1: Yeah, I think studios are really eager to kind of capitalize on the success of, yeah, Bohemian Rhapsody and Rocket Man because those both made, um, Yeah, generally critically acclaimed and uh, were were successful at the box office as well. Um, But yeah, I think this looks pretty generic-y. And yeah, apparently I I also, I read that um, David Bowie's estate did not give permission for them to use any of his music in this movie. So uh, it's just gonna be him performing covers that David Bowie did perform in, during his career, but it will be none of his like original music, which like that sucks and makes me want to see this movie even less because like the reason and I, I we've we've talked about this before. I, I'm not a huge fan of Rocket Man, but I think a reason that I generally enjoyed that movie is, you know, the music of Elton John, obviously. And it's just it was just a really kind of fun musical, but they can't even really do that with this, it'll just be like, what song is this? This is just a song that David Bowie did one time pretty much. So,
0: Yeah, I think that is a little weird. Um, I definitely, like I remember hearing about that. I forgot that it was like related to this movie, but yeah, Duncan Jones, uh, who's the director, he did like Warcraft in 2016 and a couple other things, but he's uh, he's David Bowie's son. And I remember him tweeting out about it um, and just talking about how they weren't on board for this. so yeah, that's not a good sign. And I feel like if you don't have the music of the artist you're making the movie about, why make the movie? Like I feel like it's just not gonna, I don't know. Maybe it'll work, but I yeah, I have my doubts after hearing about that. Yeah, do you have any thoughts on this Mia? Yeah,
2: I, I didn't know that about um, his estate not, not letting them use his music and that I guess when I watched the trailer I noticed that there wasn't any but then it, it was just sort of at the back of my mind and I didn't give much thought to it um if I'm being very picky I really dislike that main actor Johnny Flynn and so that gives me even less incentive to see it and I haven't really been wowed I think with any of the like biopics that we've seen recently like I wasn't the biggest fan of Bohemian Rhapsody or or um bell and john one wow just totally left my brain but i don't know i think it just it, it looks super generic and i think there's a time and a place for biopics and they've all been kind of smushed into the last like five years like give it a little bit of a rest i think
1: what um has johnny flynn been in um besides like like what do you know him from he,
2: he was I know him from um the I think it's a I think it was a Netflix show it's called Love Sick and I watched no okay it was a British sitcom on Channel 4 so I saw it on Netflix it's not a Netflix original um I think I watched like two seasons of this while I was in Europe and I was really bored for some reason and I just kept watching the show even though I hated it and I wanted it to get better and like turn itself around and like be a little bit more interesting and like give the characters some redemption and it just never turned around and I hated his character in the movie so I think I just associate like that character with him. I don't think he's been in a lot besides that. Um, He is in the, the Emma that is on Hulu which I've heard good things about, but I don't know how different like his character is in that based on like his other characters. So I don't know. That's super prejudiced, but that gives me even less incentive to like watch it.
0: Yeah. So I guess moving on from there, the, this last bit of movie news, or not movie news, it's TV news, I guess, that I have on the doc. We don't have to talk about it if you guys don't want to, because I think it does verge on a like spoilery territory, Uh, for WandaVision specifically. Um, So are you guys, and I don't think it would be a big spoiler um, and you might've already seen it because it was making the rounds on Twitter this week. Um, But do you guys want to talk about this or not?
1: Well, you piqued my interest. um, So now I do want to talk about it.
0: Cool. So I guess if you're listening to this and you want like absolutely zero spoilers from WandaVision and this isn't even like confirmed or anything, it's just kind of been leaked, I guess. Uh, we got the word that uh, Quicksilver might be coming back in WandaVision. Um, Quicksilver, uh, Wanda's brother who died in Age of Ultron. Um, the the This leaked specifically from a list of Funko Pop figures um, that they're releasing with the series. Um, and they had Quicksilver on there. And so a lot of people are taking that as kind of a confirmation that he's going to be in it in some form. Uh, we don't know what what that'll be. Maybe it's... Wanda trying to create her ideal world which is kind of what we've gathered the series is about. So maybe she like tries to bring him back at some point. Um maybe he stays back, maybe he doesn't. I guess we'll find out. But what do you guys think about Quicksilver coming back in WandaVision?
1: Yeah, I think um it was that's Aaron Taylor-Johnson, Taylor right, who played him. Yeah. Um so yeah, I thought he was He was pretty good in that role um he's not really given that much to do in that movie before he is um gunned down um he makes a sacrifice to save Hawkeye I believe um and yeah I I think this kind of makes sense um if you're gonna kind of center this um this show around Scarlet Witch and it's in this kind of universe where it seems like she's trapped in her mind or she's trapped by some magic demon or whatever is happening that you know he would show up in some capacity um with uh vision being dead maybe she's you know trying to get back people that she's lost or something like that or maybe she sees all the people that she's that that have died in her life or something like that um but yeah i think that sounds uh good that that he might
0: return yeah what do you think mia
2: yeah, that's definitely exciting um i was really sad at his death in, in age of ultron i feel like they could have done a lot more with his character and especially like seeing how they fleshed out like S- scarlet witch's character in the i think especially in civil war it would have been nice to see him but you know you have to sacrifice some people and i guess he was on the chopping block but it would be nice i think to see him come back um and to maybe build on that relationship that I think we began to see in Age of Ultron, but um, was prematurely ended. So I could see it happening definitely. How was it like a mistake that this was like? Was it leaked or was it like strategic on Marvel's part?
0: Yeah, it was. It was definitely leaked because um, it was just like a list of yeah pop figures that they're going to be releasing with Wandavision. That yeah got leaked online early. Um, and notably there was no actual image of the figure it was just the name Quicksilver because it was like a list Um, so take that for what it's worth but yeah I'm curious to see how this how they work him into this if he does come back Um, because yeah I I think as you guys mentioned like he wasn't in Age of Ultron a ton but I did enjoy him uh, when he was there and so if they bring him back in like a more like physical, long, like ongoing sense. I'm curious to see how he like interacts with the Avengers and such, like in the current state of the MCU. Um, I'm also curious to see if they just abandon his Sokovian accent like they did with Wanda. Like, cause with Wanda, they did it like gradually over a few movies, but maybe they'll just bring him back in this and just like have him speaking like a normal American. We'll find out, I guess. But it'd be kind of funny if he just like had his, his like original accent and he was talking with Wanda and she didn't. I think that'd be kind of funny.
1: But. Yeah, I you'd just be like, wait, wait a second, what? <laughs> we we are literally from Sokovia. I don't know. I don't know how this happened.
0: But yeah, so I guess we've got that to look forward to. Wandavision is supposed to still be coming out in 2020, so that's sometime in the next two months. Uh, hopefully, we get a release date for that soon. Um, otherwise, I would assume it'll get delayed. But they seem to be kind of wanting to stick to that 2020 release date. So we'll find out, I guess yeah, from there, I guess we'll move on to our main topic for the week. Uh, and our way- main topic for the week is actually the beginning of something that we kind of want to do for the month, uh, is we just kind of want November to be a Harry Potter-centric themed month, um, just because, yeah, we think that'd be fun. Uh, so this week, we want to just talk a little bit about our our general thoughts about the main Harry Potter series. We'll talk about Fantastic Beasts and the rest of that another, another week. Um, but we want to talk about the main series and just kind of generally... I guess our thoughts on it um and our general experiences with it and maybe maybe find out who's the biggest harry potter fan amongst the three of us so i guess uh let's start with you david what's what's kind of your general experience with harry potter are you big into it or not or yeah
1: yeah i've been i've been really into harry potter uh for a very long time um i remember when i was really little um I remember like my mom had the books and I remember asking her about it. And like, I think she was reading like, like the sixth or seventh, like like the fifth or sixth book at that time. Like that's what had to come out at that point. And I don't know, I was like three or four. And I and I, I think I, I was curious about it. It's like based on like the art of the book, but she was like, you are too young for this at this point. Um, I think in like, I don't remember what grade it was. It was like second or third grade. Um, I remember reading, um, most if yeah i don't remember the exact timeline of when all the books came out and and when that would have made sense but i remember reading it in the like second third fourth grade period um and yeah i i love them um i it's been way too long since i've read the books um and that's something i definitely kind of want to tackle maybe over christmas break i'll try to read all of them again um but yeah there there's definitely like kind of like a sense of home around Harry Potter that I I, I kind of feel. And I I think that's something that a lot of people feel with it. Um, And yeah, I mean, and that, that love is kind of transferred to the movies. I think the movies are one of the best adaptations of a book series probably maybe ever that would that, or yeah, it, it just, it's just a really like seamless transition. Um, And I, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the movies. I think they're just very well cast um, I love the universe, I love the characters, um, and yeah, I'm a, I'm a big Potterhead.
0: What about you, Mia? What are your thoughts on Harry Potter?
2: Um, the first time I was introduced to anything Harry Potter, it was my family just deciding to watch the sixth movie when it came out, just for fun. Um, not knowing any of the backstory, which was definitely a mistake. Like, I don't, I don't know what my parents were thinking. We were just like, hey, let's watch this. Um, And I guess that would have been probably in 2009 or 2010. So that was a while before I actually started reading the books. Um, And I think I was like, I want to say 14 when I, a friend of mine, like, had started reading the books and she was like, hey, you'd really like this. So then we kind of had a competition to see who, like, finished them over that summer. I think we were I want to say we were both 14 and I remember like getting back from vacation and I had like just finished the fifth book and like we were talking about it and so I only had two books left so I think I managed to finish those like before school started. Um, I was a big fan definitely Um, I was more into like probably the Narnia series like as a kid like that's what I grew up with like listening to those and reading those. Um, So I didn't get the exact like nostalgia of the Harry Potter series just because I was a little bit older when I started reading them. Um, And I haven't, I don't, I've maybe gone back and read the series over like maybe two more times or three more times, maybe. Um, So I definitely want to like sit down and read through it again. But I do remember like the first couple of books, I think the first three books like, not being super well written um and like obviously rolling rowling uh her writing style gets a little bit better especially like in the fourth book um so it might be a little bit of a slog to like get through those beginning books until they like get better um and i think the fourth one is like probably my favorite book so i know it would be worth it to like get to that point and then finish reading them so i might do that again this christmas um but I've also been toying with the idea of rereading the Percy Jackson series. And honestly, that's a little bit more um, of an enticing thought. So I'll let you know what I decide. But I was I was definitely more like introduced to the books before the movies. Um, and I was later in my teens I think when I when I watched the movies my friend and I are actually watching the movies over again um and it's been fun like comparing those to the books um and seeing like what characters they choose to actually have in the in the movies versus what's in the books so yeah that was a very convoluted answer
0: <laughs> yeah my experience with Harry Potter kind of falls a bit between uh, both of yours um because I was, I was a big fan of the Harry Potter series as a kid. Um, I read, I started reading the series when I was in like third grade. Um, and I remember I really got into the first book uh, so much so that I have a very specific memory of like, we were taking a test or something in class and I finished early. And so I just took out my uh, copy of Sorcerer's Stone and started reading it. And then a b- bunch of time went by and I looked up and the classroom was just empty and my, and my uh, third grade teacher, Mrs. Brosek, was just like chilling in the back of the classroom. And I'm like, where is everybody? She's like, oh, they went to recess like 10 minutes ago, but you look, seemed pretty into it. So I just didn't want to bother you. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, I know I got into the books kind of as a result of the movies because um, I really enjoyed the movies as a kid. And I kind of, when I started reading them, like not all of the movies had come out yet. I think I was like 13 when the, when the last movie came out. Yeah, cause I think I saw it like on my 13th birthday. Um, but uh, so like my motivation with reading the books was kind of just to, to get ahead and figure out where it's gonna go. And so I was so eager to do that as a kid that I just never read the second Harry Potter book. Uh, I was like, you know what? I finished the first one. I have seen the movie for the second one. So I know what happened. So I just skipped directly to Prisoner of Azkaban. And to this day, I've still not read the second Harry Potter book. Um, granted, I haven't gone back through and read any of them. Um, but yeah so that's a bit of a confession i guess um but yeah the harry potter movies i watched quite a bit as a kid um they were just kind of one of those series that was just like always on i think it was like abc family or something like almost every weekend would just like have a harry potter marathon so we'd just throw them on and yeah i had a really good time with them um it's definitely a franchise that i honestly haven't come back to in a while Uh, Like, I think the last time I actually watched any of the Harry Potter movies was probably in high school, like four years ago. So it's been a minute, um, but I do have a lot of just like very positive association with the series. Um, And I like the, yeah, we'll talk more about these another week. I like the Fantastic Beasts movies. I don't think they're nearly as good as these ones. But yeah, Harry Potter is good, I guess.
1: Hot take. Harry Potter is pretty good.
0: Yeah, so that's is there anything else specifically we want to talk about or do we just kind of want to, I feel like we, there's a, there's an obvious answer here for which one of us is the most into Harry Potter. And that's, that's a, that's a Mr. David Berman. Um, I will, I will gladly accept the title as number
1: one, Harry Potter fan. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's yeah. I don't really know what else much there is to say about just Harry Potter as, as a, as a concept, as a, as a thing. Cause it's, it's really great. I think um, this episode can kind of just kind of serve as a short little intro to what um, what we're going to talk about. I think um, we haven't fully kind of laid our plans for what we're going to talk about this month, but I believe we're going to um, end with a ranking of the movies. I'm going to talk a little bit about Fantastic Beasts. Um, I also want to talk about what I don't like about Harry Potter, uh, specifically like the last five years of just like all the bad movies and plays and bad canon choices and just everything that JK Rowling has done to screw up this franchise. But that's another topic for another day. Uh, right now I can just um, say that I love Harry Potter and it's, it is good, so.
0: Yeah, I think kind of jumping off of what Mia was saying a little bit ago, uh, I think uh, the Percy Jackson series is definitely one that I read more as a kid. Um, Cause I, I know for a fact that I read through those books like three or four times at least. Um, and was big into pretty much everything that Riordan was doing uh, as an author. Um, But I think just like the impact of Harry Potter as a whole can't be ignored just cause like, I don't know, they were the first kind of like YA like books to be turned into a movie and like be successful at that. And I feel like it's kind of as a result of that that we got the slew of different adaptations of whatever YA novels existed, whether that be like a Percy Jackson or like an Aragon or Hunger Games or whatever like it was kind of all as a result of the massive audience Harry Potter found um which I just think is kind of interesting that basically this one franchise spawned a whole uh spawned a popularity a rise in popularity of a whole genre um but yeah do you guys have any other things you want to say before we wrap it up
2: I do have a bone to pick with Dave because you said of course that's a big surprise you said that the Harry Potter Harry Potter series is like the best book. To film like series that you've seen, and I just I just have to bring up Lord of the Rings and your opinion on that transition because I would disagree with you.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I when I when I made that that very bold claim, I definitely forgot about Lord of the Rings. Um, I think that's because I just don't have a strong a connection with it. I like had I haven't read the books. Well, I've I read The Hobbit. Um, and I've I only saw the movies like for the first time like two years ago so I don't really have like a strong connection with them and I think I think while like you know um Lord of the Rings one was nominated for so many Oscars and I think objectively could like could be said that that they're three better movies than than the whole of Harry Potter um But I think just like the length of that series and doing eight movies in 10 years and all the cast like grew up like so well and like grew into those roles and didn't like have like major scandals or didn't become like terrible people or didn't like have to get recast because they just like grew out of it or anything like that. Like, and the fact that they're all just really good movies, I think is just like, a more impressive achievement and it will I don't know if more impressive but but like that's where I'm coming from with with that take that it is the best kind of book to movie adaptation so
0: yeah I think I agree with with Mia's take uh that Lord of the Rings I I don't think it's a surprise to anyone that I prefer prefer Lord of the Rings over Harry Potter um but I would say that Harry Potter in terms of like book to film adaptation is definitely up there um it deserves to be, at least be in that conversation wherever you decide to wherever you fall in there but yeah so i guess th- that's all we've got um it'll be a fun a fun wizarding world of harry potter month i guess uh we're looking forward to it it'll be a fun time we're also in the last month of the semester so we'll probably just continue to go off the rails over the next few weeks it'll be a good time um, yeah. but yeah so I believe this has been episode 30 of Cinebraskans, the Daily Nebraskan Entertainment Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kyle Cruz, joined by my co-hosts, David Berman, and
2: Mia yeah, Everding.
0: And yeah, uh, again, thanks for thanks for hanging on with us uh, as we record remotely. And yeah, thanks for, thanks for tuning in.
1: Bye.
2: See ya.